welcome to Urban. So glad you're here today. Then excited to be in church. Fantastic. Glad you guys are here. Turn your Bibles today to Numbers chapter 13. Uh, we're going to uh, jump into the Word here in just a minute and continue our series on hope. Uh, but before we do that, we've had a fantastic week in Urban. Uh, God has been doing so many awesome things for our church. And I'm excited uh, to share with you uh, some of those over the next couple weeks to see how they transpire and see what takes place. Um, but a couple of things that happened in our church this week, and I don't see them here. They're going to try to make it. But uh, for those you know, Brandon and Courtney Bassey, they had their baby. And uh, their baby is amazing and beautiful. Uh, his name is Gibson. And uh, he's just a cute little guy. And, uh, and so I, I think we're going to try to be here today. They're obviously not. So next week, hope they'll be here. But everything went really smooth. We're excited for them. And then last night, we had the opportunity to do a wedding. Two things I love and faith me more in the church because it grows the church. Come on, somebody. Okay? Other thing I love, I love weddings. Why? Because they're going to have babies and they're going to grow the church. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and so last night, great wedding between Jen and Sam, for those of you who know them. And it was just a great night. They're going to be gone for the next week and a half, but they'll be back on the 23rd. And uh, so if you see Brandon and Courtney around, congratulate them. Just don't, don't, don't put your hands all over the baby's face and make them sick, okay? If you see Jen and Sam, don't put your hands all over their face either because that's just weird, all right? But congratulate them and, uh, and thank them and for all they do here at the church. And I believe that uh, for both those families, great things ahead of them. Uh, you heard on the news that we are starting a 30-day challenge today. Why 10-10-10? Why are we starting the challenge today? Uh, for those of you that, that understand the Bible and like to study the Bible, uh, the word 10 is the number of testing in the Bible. And so we thought, you know what, what a great day to put everybody to the test or to a challenge, all right? Now, if you're sitting out there, maybe you already, maybe you pray 30 hours a day. I don't know how you do that, but way to go. Okay? And maybe you're out there, you're like, oh, man, I, I spend a lot of time with God. This is what we're challenging each, uh, each other to do. Because um, I know I spend a lot of time with God, but a lot of time I spend with God is me and my wife praying together, which is awesome. And if you're married, that's a great thing to do. Another thing I do is obviously I spend time in the Word and praying uh, for what God's speaking to the church. Um, but I'm jumping in on this challenge because aside from those two things, I just want to spend 30 minutes with God, just me and Him, not thinking about all of you, okay? You know, and just get alone with God and just spend some time with Him. And so if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor right now, inside the program that you receive, uh, there is this 30-day uh, challenge card. If you wouldn't mind taking that out and just looking at it and filling it out, you're saying, well, I want to be a part of the challenge. Too bad. I'm making you be a part of the challenge right now. Okay? Matter of fact, I'm going to stand up that door. And as you leave, I'm just kidding. I'm that. But for those of you that I know real well and I have your number in my phone, I might send you a text. Hey, did you, did you sign up for the 30-day the 30, the 30 challenge? And if I don't get a response back, we all know what that means. All right? Um, but here's what it is, okay, real simple. Maybe there's something in your life, all right, that there's a challenge that you're facing right now. And I, I want to encourage you to bring that to God. But not only that, on this challenge card, you can write in your request right here. And I told the church last week, I'm gonna, you can hold me to it, all right? Um, starting today, I'm going to pray for every single one of you to fill this out for the need that you have for the next 30 days. And I'm going to believe that in the next 30 days that you're going to see your miracle, you're going to see your breakthrough, whatever it is that you put down. I'm going to believe with you um, that you're going to see that happen in your life. But if you don't fill it out, I won't pray for you. Your choice. So, Jesus don't mind that one. Um, and so fill that out. And I want to be praying with you. I want to be believing for you uh, for the breakthrough uh, that you need. Uh, also, in the back, we have this thing called the Daily Prayer Card. One of my mentors and heroes in the faith, Wendell Smith, he put this together a while back. And what it does, it just simply takes you to the, through the Lord's Prayer. And so if you're like me, and you're ADD, and you get distracted really easy, send me out there like Vegas gets distracted. I have the greatest intentions. I'm going to pray for five minutes, right? 
And like five seconds in it, I'm like, you know, I'm over here, you know, thinking about something. Am I the only one? Come on, be honest. Anybody else out there, thank you for being honest, all right? And uh, so this card right here is a great tool to pick up um, because it just keeps you flowing in prayer. And it takes you through the Lord's Prayer. Things like uh, prayer, praise and thanksgiving, you know, pra praising God for who He is. Um, the, the second one here, destiny and authority. Praying for your future, praying for your destiny, but then also praying for those who are in authority. You know, the Bible challenges us in Romans 13 to pray for all those who are in authority over us. And then it goes on to provision. How I mean, guys, you know, here's the thing is a lot of us pray for provision, don't we? God, help! I'm not going to make it. Okay, maybe I'm the one that does that too. Fantastic. Let's talk to these people over here. Yeah. And then it just goes on relationships, takes you through spiritual warfare. You can pick one of these up in the back. Um, if you don't have any money at all, just take one for free. But they, I, I picked up 50 of them, I think, and they were a buck a piece. And, um, and so if you could donate a dollar to cover that, that would be fantastic. If not, you know, don't worry about it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get it covered. Numbers chapter 13, we're going to continue our series on hope. And as you're in Numbers 13, um, I believe on your screens, we're going to have Romans chapter 5. I want to read that to you. Uh, today, we're going to uh, do our best to conclude this series. As you saw on the screens, we're going to start our next series, The Ghost, next week, talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, but if we need to go one more week with this, uh, we might do that as well. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his presence in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Hope does not disappoint when it connects with God's love. We've been talking over the last four or so weeks about hope. And how hope literally carries us through this thing called suffering. Rejoice in our sufferings. How many of you guys like to do that one? None of us do. Okay, but the Bible encourages us, hey, rejoice in your sufferings. Why? Because as you make it through this, are you with me today? Hope does not disappoint when it connects with God's love. Now I want to read to you today also Hebrews 11, verse 1. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how faith and hope are connected. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith, everybody say now. now. Faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Hebrews 13, or excuse me, Numbers 13, verse 25. In this story here, we're picking it up where the spies of Israel had just went in and spied out the land that God said was for them. God had promised literally years, hundreds of years before to a guy named Abraham, that Abraham, hey, all of your descendants that are going to come from you, all the children that are going to come from you, which became the nation of Israel, they will have a promised land, and their promised land will be Canaan. Okay? So now the children of Israel have been in captivity for some time in Egypt. They get set free. Pharaoh doesn't want them to go, but God raises up a man named Moses and helps lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. They wander the wilderness, and now they come to what is called their promised land. Okay? They come to the place that God has promised them. This is spoken by God. They go in and spy it out. Now here's the spies. They come back. Verse 25, Numbers 13. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. 
they came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. You go back to verse 23, I think it is, you see that the fruit of the land was amazing. The grapes were so big that two people had to carry them on a stick. Come on, you guys like some grapes like that, okay? I just sent one of those grapes to my kid their lunch. They're going to go all day long. The stuff was amazing, okay? We got the fruit of the land, and they told them, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the, the cities are fortified and very large. Besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. These are the descendants of, of giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, or the sons of Anak, who come from Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is absolutely amazing. Lord, I pray that the next few moments, that, Lord, you would speak to us out of these passages, that we walk out of this place, God, challenged, walk out of this place encouraged, and walk out of this place knowing that we can obtain our promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you for the next few moments, and the theme of today is this. Focus on the promise, not the problem. Focus on the promise, not the problem. How many of you guys have jobs? Good, okay? Unless you'll be praying for you, right? Some people do need some jobs there. You have a job. Now, unless you're like me and you absolutely love your job, like I love my job. I love the place that God's put me in, and this is awesome. But there is still something at the end of the day um, that I need in order to keep me going through those moments where I'm not liking my job, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's called a paycheck. Right? You guys get those, right? You're not working for free. All right? You guys get this thing called paycheck. Now, I know there's probably days that you absolutely love your job, and your job is amazing, and man, you just work, and you're having so much fun doing whatever it is you do, and man, maybe you even wake up in the morning looking for me. I can't wait to get to work and hang out with my you know, fellow employees, and you're like, man, what job do you have? Right? And you're just like, you're jacked about your job. That's a good thing. Okay? But then there is those moments for all of us, even as a pastor, yes, it happens, where I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, God... Could I just be like a hot dog vendor or something, you know? Because I got all sorts of people coming to me, asking me for things, and you know, and they're just they're just sharing with me all of their problems and all of their stuff. Can I be honest with you? All of us pastors, we have a secret a secret desire for a, like a, a different job, okay? And you know, you might be out there thinking like CIA, you know, or FBI. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I'm just I just want to be a hot dog vendor because I can do that one. That's your mustard. All right, there you go. And I can make somebody happy just by giving them a hot dog. You know, going like, that's just my desire. I just love, you know. No, oh, no ketchup? Okay, just mustard. I can, just, I can give them what they want. But as a pastor, I can't always give people what they want. And so sometimes I'm just like, God, oh, please. 
hot dog vendor. I'm, you might walk down on the corner of Columbia and Ash someday, and I'll be, I'll be serving, I'll be serving hot dogs. You never know. But when those days that are really tough and really bad, what keeps you at work? Well, you know that if you walk out and leave, you might not have a job anymore, but you're sure not going to get paid for those hours. So the sheer fact that you have hope for a paycheck at the end of this miserable day, come on somebody, you all with me now, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? Count it all joy when you go to work, I mean when you go through sufferings. Why? Because hope's at the end or your paycheck is at the end. What keeps us motivated, what keeps us moving, what keeps us working right now is this thing called hope. And really that, that word I want to bring to you today literally focuses on every area of life. What keeps you moving forward? What keeps you focused? What keeps you believing that there is something more? It's hope. The Bible says in, uh, in Hebrews 11 that now faith, the faith I have right now, in this moment, right now at this time, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Or let me give you our definition of hope. What is hope? Hope is this feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. So in other words, right now I have faith because I have a feeling that what is wanted, paycheck, come on somebody, can be had or that events will turn out for the best. So because of my hope, I can have faith right now. So when people look at me and, and I'm walking through a, a situation that seems hard, a situation that seems difficult, as I'm walking through that, people look at me and they say, Ben, how in the world can you? Well, because I have hope that it's going to turn out like that. So I can have faith right now in the present. And as I walk forward in faith through this circumstance, through this trial, through this problem, I'm going to obtain what God wants me to obtain. Are you with me? Okay. Anybody here drive? Got a driver's license? Okay. I don't know how you did it. Maybe you waited until you're 18 and you just went and took the test. I went through a thing called driver's ed. Okay. Now, driver's ed was a lot of fun, but it was also one of the scariest things in the world. Okay. Because they put you in a car with an instructor, but then there's two other people learning how to drive that car as well. I feel pretty confident when I'm the one at the wheel. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? But when they put the other person at the steering wheel, and you're sitting back, you know those little bars that you grab onto, you know what they're called? You can say it, I can't, all right? I mean, I'm literally, I mean, I got a seatbelt on, I'm grabbing on here, I'm grabbing on the seat, because I thank God for that extra little brake, come on, that the instructor has right over here, okay? That he can just slam on the brake at any moment. Okay, now when I was taking it, this is nothing against female drivers, please hear my heart. <laughs> I live with three females. I've got my wife and, and two, two daughters, and, and so I know how to, to talk appropriately. <laughs> and uh, nothing, but it was me and two female drivers. Now, I'm sure they felt the same exact way when I was at the wheel, okay? But I wasn't one of the first ones up, and I remember her name, and I won't say it because she's still my friend. I want her to stay my friend. But she was at the wheel, and she was driving, and it was pretty erratic. Y'all don't talk about, right? It's just kind of, some of you still drive like that, okay? And it's just kind of like every five seconds you're correcting for something, and the, the, the car's just jerking back and forth, and, and finally the instructor said, hey, pull over right here. And so we pull over, he puts on the, you know, he helps put on the brake, pull over right here, you know? Um, and what's going on? Well, I don't know why, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> no, you're fine, you know, as we're all jerking back and forth. And he said, well, where are you looking? I'm looking right in front of the car. He goes, okay, that's your problem. You need to stop looking right in front of you 
And you need to get your eyes up over there. And as you get your eyes up over there, and you begin to look out there, and in front of you, you will stop swerving every two seconds. So sure enough, we pulled out. She got eyes, and it was just smooth. I was like, thank God for good instructors. <laughs> you know the Bible encourages us in the same way? The Bible says to lift up your eyes to the hills. From whence comes your help? Your help comes from the Lord. It comes from God. You know, when we begin to face those problems in our, or those, those, those challenges in our life, is when we have our eyes right in front of us fixed on the problem rather than on the promise. And if we continue to fix our eyes on the problem, we will literally be going through life like this, trying to, trying to get back on track and, oh, and trying to get back over here. And oh, I blew it again. But if we would just get our eyes off of right in front of us, off our problem, and lift up our eyes and get our eyes on our promise, I'm telling you what, life is going to go a whole lot smoother. Will you still be going through the obstacles? Yes. But what's going to keep you going through those obstacles? The same thing that keeps my daughter keeping her room clean. The hope of ice cream. Come on, somebody. My daughter tried this just this last week, and I said, baby, you can have ice cream. She's like, really? I said, yeah, after you clean up your room. Oh, Dad. Yeah, you go clean your room. She goes in for five seconds. She goes, Dad, how about this? I'm really hungry. I really want some ice cream. Yeah, I promise you. I will clean my room. Can I just have the ice cream now? <laughs> Absolutely not. I learned the hard way one time. The room stayed messy. <laughs> what kept her going? The hope of ice cream. What keeps you and I going? Listen to me. Some of you are sitting here right now, and I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying this to someone right now. Some of you are sitting here right now, and you feel hopeless. And you feel like you're never going to achieve. You feel like you're never going to get to that, that place that God wants you to get. Why? Because your eyes are fixed right in front of you. And your eyes are fixed on your problem rather than on the promise. But I'm telling you right now, if you would lift up your eyes and begin to put your eyes on what is over there, the, the hope, the thing that God has for you, you'd be able to cruise through this obstacle that you're walking through right now. Amen. That was good. Thank you. Why do I have faith right now? I have faith right now. Because of a promise of something greater. We've got to get our eyes off the problem. Get our eyes on the promise. We must realize that no matter where we're at right now, that God has something greater for us. God has something more for us. Right now. And we need to think that way in every season of our life. We need to think that way. If you're struggling with your marriage right now, if you're struggling with your marriage, and, and you think this is, this is it, this is all there is to marriage, I'm sorry. Okay. And let's just be honest, as good as your marriage is, all marriages have bumps in them. Okay? I heard an amen from a woman over there. That's right. Talk to my husband, Pastor. Okay. Oh. But man, we, we have to believe. Think about your, your current financial situation. If you're looking at your current financial situation and it's not that great, you're like, well, this is all there is. Really, you mean to tell me you're just going to struggle and keep struggling for the rest of your life? No, God has something more for you. God has something more for you. God has something more for you spiritually. Wherever you're at right now, God has something more for you. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has thinks good thoughts towards us. Thoughts to give us uh, hope and uh, future. This is an encouraging message. Say thank you. Thank you. I worked on it all week. Okay. God has something more you. God has something. We, we need to get over the challenges. That's why it says, hey, rejoice in the, in the struggles. Because it's just momentary. Jesus said this. 
that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Do you think there was joy on the cross? There's joy for us now because of the cross. But for the joy that was, there was something on the other side of what he was going through that caused him to go through all that pain and the agony for you and for me. There's something greater for you. There's something, there's something more for you. Let's look at Numbers 13 real quick. I just want to give you four things. That will be done for the day. You know, I want, I want, I want you to just, just get these four things because the reality is that most of us give up right before we walk in to the promised land. Right before we walk into that dream, that thing that God has. But that's where most of us give up. Why? The same reason that we read right here in just a moment, why, why the children of Israel did not walk into the promised land at that moment, but they had to wait a whole other season. They were literally standing at the edge of their promise, looking at it. There it is. This is what God has promised us. This is what He has told us. Literally, before I was even born, literally hundreds of years before, through our great-great-granddaddy named Abraham, God said, you can have this. This is your promised land. Here it is, guys. We're about ready to walk into it. And they don't. What promise has God given you? I want to encourage you today, do not give up today. You are standing literally at the threshold of your promise. You are standing at the threshold of the thing that God has for you. And the great thing is, is once you get in and you get it, God says, guess what? That's not all of it. I got more. But we can't give up. And too oftentimes it's right before we get to that place of breakthrough, right before we get to that place of obtaining what God has, and right before we get there, we begin to give up. Just like the children. But, but here, I want to give you some things today that will move you forward into your promise. Right here out of Numbers 13, the first one is this. If I want to go from where I'm at into the promise that God has for me, let me ask this question because maybe I'm, maybe I'm just talking to myself. I know as a church right now, God has showed me some awesome things. We are looking at a building, and this building is awesome. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's I want it. And if it's okay to covet over a building or lust over a building that we're going to use for a church, then I'm okay. If not, I'm in sin. All right? This building's awesome. Like, I mean, literally, it's just, it's, 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 it's God. Let me just tell you right now. It's God. Okay? And I'm looking at the building, and I'm saying, yes! And I'm working with our broker, and I'm, I'm trying to just stay faith-filled as we work through some of the, some of the reality of the stuff. Like, you actually have to have money to get a building. I forgot that one. I thought faith was all I needed, you know? You know, so I'm looking at this thing, and I'm just like, well, God, I know that's it, you know? This is, this is the place. And if I was just to step back and, and purely look at it in the natural, there is absolutely no way. Okay? And so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know what? Forget that. God, let's just see what we can do and move forward. And I'm hoping that the next six months we'll be partying in our building, okay? I'll share more with you as we move forward. and Because, you know, the owners still have to say yes to us, so just a little... A little giant got I have hopes and dreams and aspirations for our church, for me personally, for my family, for my daughters. I actually have dreams for my daughters. I, I help them begin to, you know, I let them choose. One daughter chose to choose a ballet. She wants to do ballet. Boom, she's in ballet. And I encourage her in that. Okay, but I, at the end of the day, I want to know where this is headed. Because if you're just doing ballet for the fun of it, you're not going to do it, you know, much longer. I ain't going to waste any more money. Okay? So, you know, we're already looking at, you know, to, you know she's going to be on Broadway someday. Come on, all right? I have dreams, and, and I guess that's the people I'm talking to today. Maybe you're here and you're like, I really have. You know, I'm going to dream of my life. I'm sorry. 
But if you're here and you're still breathing oxygen, God has something. God wants you to progress. God wants you to move forward. God wants you to obtain it. So those are the people I'm talking to today. If you want to move forward, number one, real simple. I already mentioned it. We must focus on the promise more than the problem. Focus on the promise more than the problem. Every promise, here, here's, here's, here's the reality of life, okay? The road to your promise is paved with prayer, faith, courage, and a whole lot of problems. I don't like the last part, but that's just the reality of life. It's paved. You're going to have to overcome some stuff. You're going to have to overcome some of your own stuff. You're going to have to overcome some of your own insecurities. Overcome over some of your, your own, own issues. Bitterness, resentment. You're going to have to overcome some outside stuff. But God has a promise for you if you're willing to go through it. How are we going to do that? We've got to focus on the promise, not the problem. Too often times, though, we end up focusing on the problem. What that does is it sucks the faith out of us for right now, which gets us to forget that there's something on the other side. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by... If I were to purely walk by my side, Lord, help me. Yeah, but we don't walk. Point of no, we walk by faith. What's faith? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You have to have a hope for something here before you can have faith for now. We look at the problem and it sucks the life out of us. So we got to continue to look at the promise and look at where God wants to take you and me. You know, I played basketball in, in, in high school and in college. And uh, high school wasn't too bad, but when I got to college, man, when you're, when you're a college athlete, I don't care at any level. You can be a college athlete at any level. It's not that easy, okay? And, and there is literally, because the semester before we even start basketball, there's a, there's a mandatory, well, it's mandatory, but they sneak it in, and it's called PE, okay? Well, that's, that's so hard about PE. My basketball coach was the PE instructor, and the only people that could sign up for this PE class were the basketball players. So for one whole semester, we are literally working our booties off. Look, I don't have one. It's gone. My wife teases me all the time. You don't have a booty. Well, it's not my fault. Play my coach. Okay. We worked hard, man, for like months. You know, and it wasn't fun. It wasn't easy stuff. Now maybe you're a runner. I'm not. But like all the all the big men, and I was. I'm a, I'm a big man. All the big men. We had to run the mile in under six minutes. Who does that? I thought I was trying out for basketball. Come on, somebody, not a marathon. Yes, a mile is a marathon to me. Get over it. Okay? Literally, every day, every, get out there, come on. You, and if you got it under a minute, you were done. You'd have to run it again. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it under a minute. So for three months, every day. And I'm not jogging it because I'm trying to get it under. I made it to 601 one time. And I was like, coach, please. I was trying to get it. I think it's so well with your clock. Honestly, I made it, you know. I didn't make it, maybe quite a Why did I do that? Because I love the game. I love to play basketball. And I knew that there was something on the other side. I would not just do that for sheer fun, ladies and gentlemen. I did that because I knew I was a part of the team, and one day I'm going to be on that team, and we're going to be playing basketball. I focused on the promise, not the mile. Yes, the mile was my problem. We need to get our eyes off of whatever it is right now. There's something that is literally an issue in your life. I'm telling you, get your eyes off it. Get it on God. You'll be able to get through it. 
The Bible says here that the lamb was flowing with milk and honey. Okay? Now, in order to get the milk and in order to get the honey, and I think my wife might have mentioned this a couple of weeks back, but in order to get the milk and in order to get the honey, there's some stuff you have to deal with. Okay? Because last time I checked, honey doesn't just grow on trees. There's this thing called bees. Right? And bees have these little things called stingers. And if they sting you, it hurts. So wherever there's honey, there's some stings. And you've got to be able to work through those stings in order to get to that honey. The same is true in life. Man, there is something God has for you, but in order for you to get... Man, people will. You know what I'm talking about. Milk. Milk. Where did milk come from? The milk tree? No. Exactly. There's no milk tree. What? There's a milk... Oh, just kidding. And you've got to deal with some things called cows. And cows just don't have milk coming out of them. You know what I'm talking about. you got to wait for a whole lot of crap to get to the milk. Is anybody with me today? You've got to wait for some crap in your life to get that little too crude. Should I say food? That'd be better. We must focus on the promise and not, and not the problem. If we think that we'll never, it'll never work out, guess what? It probably won't. If you think that you're never going to be a good enough husband, you probably won't. If you think that, you know, the family thing's never going to, it probably won't. If you think that you're never going to get married, you, you probably won't. Okay? But if you begin to believe and you begin to move forward in faith, focusing on the promise, I guarantee you, you'll get through the stuff that you're walking through right now. Maybe you're sitting here today saying, I'll never get out of this situation. If you keep that confession, you're right. You'll never get out of this situation. You will stay. So the Bible says this in Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if you think that you're never going to get out of this problem, you're right. You will never get out of that problem. You know why we're going to walk into our building in the next six months? Because I believe that we're going to walk into our building in the next six months. Amen. Good word. Hallelujah. All right. I'm glad some of you are getting encouraged right now. See, some of you are so down. Like, you're like, I don't know if I believe this. But if you don't, you probably won't. I can't, you know. I want to sometimes kickstart people. Kickstart Man, get your eyes off your problem. Get your eyes on the promise. The promise. Number two, we must understand the power of perspective. The power of perspective. Look at what they said in the very last verse. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. Who seemed at first? They seemed at first. And we were like, we were walking in them. We were like itty bitty grasshoppers. And because we saw ourselves like that, that's how they saw us too. There is power in perspective. You need to change your perspective. You need to change your vantage point. Once again, if you think that you're never going to get out of it, guess what? You probably won't. But if you begin to just change that little thing called perspective. I was driving. How many of you guys ever watched a Little League game? And I was driving by and I, I saw this Little League game. Little League games are awesome because it could be like 100 to 1 in a Little League game. You know? It's just, it's just fantastic. I mean, crazy things happen. Little League games. I stopped at the Little League game, and I pulled up, and I saw, you know, I saw them playing and stuff, and obviously they don't have the board lit up, you know, so you can't really see the score, and, and I, so I saw a little boy in the dugout, and I was like, hey, he's like, yeah, I go, what's the score? He goes, 14 nothing. we're down. He had a big smile on his face, and I'm like, well, I thought to myself, he's pretty excited about being down 14 nothing." I said, well, wow, aren't you a little bit discouraged? He goes, no, why should I be? We haven't even been up to bat yet. 
Good point, Billy. You're old. Thank you for correcting me. Glad I stopped by and learned something for my message this weekend. His perspective was, we still got all these innings to play, and we haven't even been up to bat yet. If they can score 14 points from them to bat, we can score like 28. My perspective is like, wow, you guys are horrible. Perspective. It changes everything. And if we can just begin to have a different perspective, it'll change everything in our life. If you keep looking at your husband like he's a loser, guess what? He's going to be a loser. You said, God, I want a successful marriage. Would you change my loser husband? And God's just like, change your perspective. Because really, it's not about your husband. It's about you and your heart. Well. Unbuildable. Change your perspective. You change your perspective, it'll change. It'll change everything. Change your perspective. We seem like grasshoppers, and I know they think the same about us. Change your, change your perspective. This is why we have point number three. Number three, we must tell the negativity to shut up. Look at what Caleb does. Verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people. They just heard a negative report. Caleb comes up, hey, shut up. That's the correct translation. Shut up. Quiet of the people said to Moses, they were there, let us go up at once and occupy it. Why? Because I got the right perspective. We are well able to overcome it. But before you could say that, you had to quiet the people. You know what some of us need to do? We need to shut the negativity up in our life. Turn off the news. Turn off the news. Don't watch it. Watch Sports Center, okay? So much more encouraging, okay? Unless your fantasy football team look like mine right now, okay? Turn off the news, man. Shut the negativity up. Some of you, let's be honest with you, some of you, you need to get around some happier people. Like me. Look, when I'm down, I'm down. I'll be honest with you. And there are certain things that get me down. But I'm not down all that often. You can ask my wife. You know why kids are so happy? This guy right here? To be honest with you. Ask my wife. You gotta get around some positive people. Now listen to me. If there are some negative people in your life, just tell them to shut up. Look, we're gonna have a building, and now I don't want any of you coming to me like, oh, that is so unrealistic. You guys are like you're now old. I will smack you. <laughs> Not really. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. But because I'm a positive person, we just hug it out. You just need to, now listen, I'm not talking about hurting people. I'm not talking that you shut all the hurting people out of your life. That's not what I'm talking about. But there are negative people in your life. You have a game plan. You're moving forward. Now this is it. God's spoken to you. And all of a sudden somebody comes like, oh, dude, that will never work. Oh, oh, you're doing that? Yeah, I tried that. That didn't work. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, you, yeah, I had a friend that did that once and it didn't go so well. I don't, 
Get some positive people around you and, that, that are focused not on the problems. See, negative people are focused on the problems. You're going to the promise. They're going to the problem. You need other people around you that are going to the promise with you. Why? Because they can encourage you to move forward in your dreams. That's why if you're struggling in your marriage, the last place you should go is to another person that's struggling in their marriage. Oh, I know what you mean. Women are horrible. All of them. I don't know why I'm touching on the marriage a lot, but some of you need to hear it. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Okay? Man, you need to go to some successful people that are, man, how long have you been married? I mean, why would you go to someone that's not even married? It happens all the time. Yeah, I'm having this problem with my husband. You're talking to a single person or someone that's been divorced four times. I mean, I know, I know that divorce happens, but if this is your fourth marriage, may the fourth be with you, okay? We need to bring it Shut the negativity out. Shut the negativity out of your life. And the Bible says this, what, what two or three agree upon, two or three, it'll be done. You know what you, you're doing if you hear a negative person and you agree with them? It's essentially you're doing this. Someone comes and complains to you, oh man, this is so horrible. My wife, oh, I know what you mean. Let's just join hands and pray. Our wives are so horrible. Well, we just agree right now together how horrible they are. God, we thank you for the horribility. That was horrible. That's what you're doing, essentially. Because whatever two or three agree upon, it's going to be done. I don't know about you, but I'd rather agree some in my life. Okay, so you start to get it now, right? See, some of you just need to change your perspective and be enthusiastic. Some of you are waiting for a move of God, and God's just waiting for some enthusiasm in your life. I mean, you can say the same thing, you know. I love you, babe. I love you so much. See the difference there? If not, you need to do something with your life, okay? You can be enthusiastic. I mean, the reality is, if you're going to go to work and you don't like your job, who cares? They're paying you. You can be enthusiastic about it and change the whole entire atmosphere around you. See, so you're starting to get it now. You feeling this? Okay. I mean, you're here at church. Why not enjoy it? Thank you. See, see, see everybody's laughing, smiling now. Okay. Life isn't always easy, but if you change your perspective, it gets easier. Number four. We're close here. Number four. We must listen to the truth and not the facts. We must listen to the truth and not the facts. There is factual things, and then there is the truth of God's word. Here they are. They're, all they're doing is they're listing off the facts. Yes, the land is flowing with milk and honey, and they got grapes the size of watermelons, and the watermelons the size of houses, and this place is awesome. There's milk, there's honey, it's so amazing. Also, there's really big people there. And we'll never be able to do that. We're just little grass. Giants. I mean, the milk, the honey, the watermelon sized grapes, the grape sized watermelons, they look great, but you know what? Giants, there's these people, those people, this person, that person. Then they give a list of them. Those are facts. The fact is, there were giants in the land. 
The fact is, there were a lot of people occupying that territory. The fact is, there they all were, and you're right. We're probably not as mighty as them, but the truth of God's word says, I have promised this to you, and you can have it. So I've given it to you as inheritance. You know what the word inheritance means? You study it on the Bible, it means to dispossess previous tenants so that you can occupy. Your inheritance, natural, you don't get it unless someone dies. There is a promise for you. There's a dream for you. There's a destiny for you. There's something for you to obtain. God has given it to you as an inheritance. But in order for you, you've got to overcome some giants in your life. You've got to overcome some struggles. Yes, there might be some marital issues from time to time. It's just a little giant. You can overcome it. Yes, there might be some financial difficulties sometimes. But it's just a little giant. You can overcome it. What needs to happen is, is we need to change our perspective. And we need to be like Caleb. And we need to say, hold on guys, shut up negativity. We are well able to go up at once and take possession of that which God has given to us. There's really no hopeless situations in life. There's only people that have become hopeless about their situation. God has not brought you this far to let you go back. You are standing at the threshold of your promised land. And you need to focus on the promise and not the problem. You need to understand the power of perspective. You need to tell negativity to shut up. And you need to believe the truth and not the facts. The fact is, the economy is horrible. The truth is, we've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed having to beg bread. Facts are, man, the negative report came back. You know, there's a health issue. You know what the Bible says? That he's Jehovah Rapha, our healer in our health. The fact is, you know, yeah, it doesn't look that, it doesn't look that promising. It doesn't look that good. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's time to focus on the truth and not the facts. And the truth is that God has something for you. And by faith and the hope of the future, it's yours. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is fantastic. The word's amazing. The word brings life. God, your word brings encouragement. God, your word brings joy. Just do me a favor. Close your eyes for a minute. Maybe you're here today and you say, I don't believe it. I don't believe in Jesus really. I don't believe in the God stuff. So thank you for the nice sermon. Peace out. Maybe see you in a couple months. But yet there's, 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 there's motivational speakers filling big convention centers with thousands of people. Sharing stuff they've stolen from the Word. Now, getting rich off your money that you paid to go to the convention. When every day you can motivate yourself by opening up the Word of God and beginning to read it. You don't need to buy another book. You don't need to go to another seminar. You just need to focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because not only does He have a promise for you, but He has the promise for you. The promise of eternal life. The promise of life here on earth, but life abundant. 
So whether you believe in Jesus or not today, the reality is this, is that what I shared with you works. If you begin to get your eyes off your stuff and off your junk and get it on the promise, you'll move forward. Man, hear my heart. You're thinking about your life and where you're at right now. Some of you have been through some tough seasons. Some of you have been through some struggles. Some of you are going through it right now. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know that it's hard to get your eyes off of some of the stuff that you're walking through. Maybe you can't even see the promise at this point. That's fine. Just get your eyes and shift them onto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, the joy that was set before he endured for you. 